0: to us on John Paul II by Father Leo Mossberg. Well, I'd like to share a few thoughts about John Paul II, who is going to be beatified on the 1st of May. And I'm very, very happy about this event because it brings somehow to a close a, a phase which is very important for the young people today because most of them have not experienced another pope. And I became aware when I talked to young people that for them, Pope was John Paul II. And it, it amazed me because I remember very well, I even remember Pius XII when I was a child, I always played Pope. And so I opened my arms wide for the blessing as, as the XII always did. And then I remember very well John Twenty-Third. I loved very much John Paul I. I thought he was the hinge in the church. He changed the whole church's direction into a humble, joyful, almost witty church. And then, after the shock of his premature death, I remember the day of the election of John Paul II and the moment when his name was announced, all the people standing around me on on St. Peter's Square they didn't understand his name. I happened to have contact with him before because he was the Archbishop of Krakow. We were working for the underground church in Czechoslovakia. And there was a, amazing stories told about that period when he was Archbishop in Krakow because it was very difficult in the, in the Czechoslovak Republic under communism. They had no official seminary, so the priests had to be educated privately And then when they were ready to be ordained priests, they had no bishops, actually had bishops who could ordain them, but the Vatican diplomacy under Monsignor Casaroli, they forbade the bishops to ordain priests because they didn't want to disturb the relationship between the Vatican and the Czechoslovak Republic. So the candidates to the priesthood were forced to go abroad to be ordained So they went to Krakow, and there the bishop ordained them on the spot. As soon as they gave their password, they had a password, which at that time, I remember, was to Petrus, You are Peter, the words of Jesus to Peter. You are Peter the rock. That was the password. If a young man came to Krakow and said this password, he could be ordained the same day. Then in the evening he could go back across the Tatcha Mountains into his country. And when when John Paul II became Pope, and then Cardinal Kazanoli complained to him that in Poland there was a bishop who would ordain without permission the Slovak priests who would otherwise not have been ordained, the Slovak candidates which would have otherwise not be ordained to the priesthood and the pope only smiled and said yes i am the one who ordained i think more than 100 priests so it was it was an interesting historic coincidence that the archbishop of krakow who ordained the secret priests became pope later on of course he continued with that permission that the priests in communist czechoslovakia should be ordained that was one of the stories i don't know how historically but I thought it is a nice story and it shows somehow also the character. The Pope was a very courageous man not only during the Nazi occupation when he was studying for the priesthood himself secretly and he was ordained priest uh, but also later on in his life he was he, he never shrieked back from things which his heart told him to do. I remember that a few weeks after This election, the Sea of St. Peter, I knew the secretary, and I had a friend, a young woman, who had a cancer in an advanced stage, and she knew she didn't have much time to live, so she asked me if it would be possible that she would meet the Pope. I said, I don't know, I have no direct access to the Pope. But then the secretary came to mind, and I had met him before, so, On an occasion, when I met him again, I asked him if he felt it was possible that this young lady could meet the Pope because it was her desire and she wouldn't have much time left. So already next day, the secretary called me and said the Pope had agreed that we would come, I could accompany that young lady, we would come for his morning mass. It was not very usual at that time that private people could go to the mass in the morning at 7 o'clock to the Holy Father. So we were quite excited, and we were there at 7 o'clock and the Holy Father was kneeling in his private chapel. It was a beautiful atmosphere to see this man who had such a big responsibility kneeling there, just talking to his Lord and probably asking the strength to be able to bear all the information he would get about the church, about world situations and so on. And in that total silence, He was kneeling there, we were there too early, so we could kneel there at least a quarter of an hour together with him. He would be completely concentrated, he would not look around, he would just be there and pray with closed eyes, and he would, I saw that later on, he did that every morning. So probably that was the place where he got his strength. Then he got up at 7 o'clock and went to the sacristy, allowed me to celebrate, and so I had the possibility to observe the way he celebrated. In a very simple very very clean way he celebrated mass and that communion when he distributed communion to this young lady i saw that he gave a communion in the mouth and then he caressed her at the cheek just for a second and it was such a tender nice gesture that it moved me a lot i must say and then after mass he came out and he greeted us and then he talked to that young lady, and he said to her, Il tuo sorriso mi indica la presenza di Dio in te. Your smile, she was, she was radiating, she was really smiling. Your smile indicates to me the presence of God in your heart. And that was a sentence she repeated hundreds of times later on. And on the day she died, she said, But, but, Father, you know, the Pope said that God is present in me because he said that my smile is an indication to him that the Lord is present in me. So she she died with that uh, being strengthened by these words of the Pope. Somehow formed my, my conception and my image of the Holy Father. I'm very happy that this man now hopefully together with, it, with that young lady will be in the glory of God and in the love of God. Another image comes to my mind about John Paul's second tenderness. He was also tender not only in his gestures and probably in his heart, but also in his intellect. He was a very sharp mind, apart from the fact that he spoke eight languages and he had studied a lot philosophy and theology, taught philosophy. Once I was, I was browsing through the internet and I came across the encyclical letter Humani Vitae which was not really accepted very well in the church at that time because it was about contraception and uh, that was the time when the whole world believed that the pill was the most uh, important discovery in this century and I must admit that when I read Humane Vitae, when it came out I didn't really understand it fully I accepted it, I would say, with a with the faith exception, but I didn't understand it. And then, browsing in the internet, I came across an, an article on the dignity of life and responsibility of love. And it was a translation. And I, so I read it and I thought, but this is fascinating. This explains in a beautiful way, in a very simple way, in a respectful way, that mystery of love, of purity, responsibility, so I read the whole article. It was a long article, and at the end, I saw it said translation from the Polish, and the authors, and there were a number of names of obviously uh, Polish professors, and amongst them, Wojtyła, Karol Wojtyła, still as an archbishop and professor at university, and I thought that in this article, suddenly I understood the whole concept of humanitae, and I thought probably he had written that preparatory document, which then was somehow translated in the official language, and it was not so easily to be understood anymore. But in that preparatory document, it explained the mystery of human love and responsibility so clearly and so beautifully that I thought this is really John Paul II's handwriting. And I had that confirmed when I had the occasion to to meet him together with Mother Trees of Calcutta. The way the the two these two personalities and in a few weeks these two blessed how they met how they communicated with each other it was such a joy uh normality they were so normal the atmosphere was was just normal and although there was big big tenderness in their relationship and i noticed that when they had finished talking about their business, hardly anything was said. They didn't speak anymore. They just, the Pope normally accompanied Mother Jesus to the door, and, but they didn't, they didn't speak. They just walked, and sometimes the Holy Father put his arm around Mother Jesus, and they would walk, and that was it. So I thought, well, the real love doesn't need many words, and maybe even forbids to, to carry on in small talk or whatever. And they were two so big personalities that they didn't need to cover something through their talking. But they could let shine their love through them just by a simple gesture.